seven-yard touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Big Keith Trailer, look at him rumble. Utter punts is back and there's only one outcome if any of us end up having a head injury assessment on the field. I'm sorry, sir. This fella's head's far too hard to sustain any real damage. We're staying on the field. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Touchdown! No! No! 24-yard attempt. Oh, he hits the upright. It's no good. Derek Johnson, the all-time leading tackler of the history of the Chiefs. Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. Yes, we're back again. More elusive than Debo Samuel, more formidable than DK Metcalf, and far more cojones than Kirk Cousins. Dave Keane in Birmingham. Do you support the Vikings because you look like one, or do you look like one because you support the Vikings? Neither. I support the Vikings because I thought they were allowed to have horns on their helmets. Uh, we'd like to call him the <laughs> Statman, but his bald head and his absolutely massive shoulders are too intimidating so instead we'll call him coach it's Ravens fan Dan Horton yeah, I am the uh, Mancunian Robert Sala for sure um, let's get the tree rolling again shall we oh choo choo uh, I'm too fat to be a tight end I'm too skinny to be a lineman and I definitely am a Giants fan I'm sports journalist Liam Bradford fourth and goal on the five yard line forget the analysts you better believe we're kicking the field goal this is Otter Ponce we're back again episode 6332 at least that's what it feels like having to work with these two constantly um look let's start with the headlines of the week shall we i'm not sure we wanted to come back to Tua Tagovailoa quite as quickly as we're going to have to but after he was deemed fit to suit up last weekend he then takes a big hit from Tupo and down he goes stretched off the field and now unsure when he's going to return, or even, according to some reports, if he's ever going to return. And that is a little bit scary, really, especially given that, well, I was firmly of the opinion that he shouldn't have been able to put the pads on at the weekend. And it's just heartbreaking, Dave, to see that what is essentially a protocol gone wrong could potentially, worst case scenario, lead to him at the end of his football career. Yeah, it is a... We seem to have a, a nasty injury every week. Um, unfortunately for Tua, it's been t- two weeks in a row for him. Um, he 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 was clearly suffering when he was stretched off the field. Uh, he's already been released from hospital, luckily. But it does go to show that the protocol was, as I think we said last week, not up to par. Uh, needed to be updated. Didn't take into account the fact that you can get brain injury from a spinal impact. Uh, the gentleman who conducted the initial uh, protocol uh, basically lost his job over it. Uh, and now, too, uh, unfortunately, uh, he's having to, to bounce back from what can only be described as 
a, a very, very scary set of circumstances and uh, I wish him all the best. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting there, Dave says that the, the guy that recommended he we did who passed the protocol has been has been fired. He's been dismissed by the Dolphins. And what was actually just a quick correction on that. I think he was unaffiliated, he, so it was actually the it was yeah, actually the NFLPA yeah. that decided to to cease his contract. So, but what's happened this weekend? Clearly, I've looked back at the, the statistics on this because there was there was an incredible amount of people being taken out of the game for concussions this weekend. Um, so clearly, all those people saw him be deaffiliated. And then really panicked and basically just said, oh, you banged your head, get out of the game. So this weekend, there was 12 players left the game with concussion issues. Um, the average last year for, for when games when there was every team was playing was just under three. So there was a, there's a four times, 400% increase in the number of people withdrawn from games. Now, if you look at the Giants game, Jones went out. Tyrell Taylor was then taken out for a concussion, yep. even though he said he was absolutely fine. It was Saquon. He should have passed it, and they they ended up with playing a playing a wildcat. Um, so it put some people in, but it, it was such a react, such an overreaction from the NFL uh, and from the teams and from the, the the affiliated medics that there was clearly a problem, and it highlights that clearly the first decision to let Tua go back into the game and then to play again was wrong. But oh. the only, just one more thing on on it that. Mike McDaniels, sorry, has said, and I feel a bit sorry for him, really. And he said, the doctors told me he was okay. So I acted on their information. If I was to go against the medical advice and not put him back in, at what point would I ever then play him? Because the doctors are telling me he was okay. So my, I, I have to put him in. If I choose not to and ignore the medical advice, when do I ever then play him again? And he's right, isn't he? A couple of points, really. So uh, having Saquon Barkley in a wildcat, have, having someone who's not used to it on the centre all of the time is not safe, right? So the overreaction mm -hmm. in the league actually led to other people being put at risk. Why yep. people can't just be logical and try and keep an even kill, I don't know. But it seems to me that there's always an overcorrection on these things. Um, the, the other point is with, with McDaniels, he, he has to listen to the medical opinion. Because if he isn't listening to the medical opinion, then there's an argument that he's preventing Tua from earning money that he should be entitled to earn. So yep. he has exactly, and it, he, he will have incentives based on the number of uh, touchdowns he throws, that, that that kind of thing. So it has to be illegal and above board in, in, in many regards. It's a constant conflict of interest, and it's something that people have to try and balance, and it's a difficult balancing act. No, and the, my final point on it is that you know the the difficulty with American football is that it's such a unique sport, and that there are literally seventeen games a season for some teams. So these guys, you know, in, in rugby and in in, in soccer, you, you miss three or four games, you're probably still going to play fifty games that season. You've got you you're allowed more time to recover. In this, it's if you don't have your best players playing, you don't make the playoffs, and that's the end of that season. And the the intensity of these games, therefore, is much higher. And the desperation from the teams, from the coaches, from the players themselves, to get the very much to get the most out of their seasons because they're only going to play the game for ten years, unless you're a quarterback. It, the intensity is there, and, and that's why it's difficult to manage. Uh, I'm sure this story is going to continue. We will wait and see. We'll come back to it, of course, if anything breaks, if anything changes, if something happens with two or if something happens with a protocol, we'll come back and we'll revisit. But uh, it's it's one of those that we're just going to have to wait and see uh, what happens. There, were, there are some other headlines doing the rounds. Um, 
There are some that we're going to touch on a little bit later. We're going to talk about Cooper Rush in a little while when we preview the Cowboys game. Right, let's start with Bobby Wagner, shall we? Did everybody see this clip this week? It is literally my favourite thing on the internet at the moment where, climate, uh, not a climate change, animal rights protester comes herring onto the pitch, uh, pink flare billowing smoke, gives the first on-field security guard a right good sidestep. That security guard, I believe, has injured his ACL. So he got back up and then couldn't walk, which wasn't great. He then gets all the way past the next security guard into the sidelines where he runs into Bobby Wagner, who straight up trucks him. It's just an absolute (laughs) monster hit on the sidelines. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Now the bit it, it is it was helmet to the head, Liam. Did he? Yeah, did he get through the concussion protocol before he arrested him? No chance that A got through the concussion we're protocol not just or B he avoided prison. We're also hypocrites, <laughs> and yeah, we're okay I, I, with that. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it. No problem at all. The interesting yeah. part of this is that he has now sued. He started litigation against Bobby Wagner for injuries sustained on the field of play. Now, bearing in mind that he illegally entered the field of play and had he not illegally entered the field of play would have been completely safe, I really wonder if the flare was smoking in one hand, what he was smoking in the other, because that is absolutely mental, isn't it? There'll be a, there'll be an LA solicitor somewhere that wants to get his name in the headlights one that'll, that'll take the case. It, for me, it was it was the contrast of looking at a, a wide receiver run through the Texans uh, secondary and then hitting like the 49ers. Like it was just, oh, this is great. And don't we think we're really good at running? Aren't we really good on offense? And then all of a sudden you hit a defense and you just get smashed to bits. And it's quite quite the similarity was quite quite astonishing. Uh, big hit, wasn't it, Gino? It was a big hit. I I did enjoy it. Um, felt a little bit bad for the guy while he was stretched out on, on the turf, clearly out cold in the full fencing <laughs> position. Um, but, you know, for, they treated him well. They handcuffed him. The Dolphins not said he had a bad back. Yeah, that's it. Back I, um, I think my favourite part of this is the security guard that was chasing him did manage to pad his stats slightly with a half tackle, even after uh, even after the get, get a QB. It takes a QB pressure stat. He definitely yeah. took the QB yeah. pressure stat. Yeah. Uh, look, finally, before we get on to looking back at last weekend's games, let's talk OBJ, shall we? Because there's been a bit of a cryptic tweet from Odell Beckham Jr., praising Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And we're recording this at 8 o'clock on Wednesday night. About four hours ago, story came out that Aaron Rodgers had returned the praise, saying that he would love to see OBJ at the, at the, at the, at the Packers. Is there some legs in this? Could we be seeing one of the highlight reel wide receivers potentially giving Aaron Rodgers a first-choice wide receiver at, at Green Bay? There, there is of course potential. He, he's going somewhere, and, and, and in November probably there was there was the comment on the commentary last night. The I think it was Joe Buck said almost gave the indication that week ten they had in mind week ten for an OBJ return. Don't know where they've got that from, um, but I, how are the Rams going to let him out of their building after what we saw last night? There's no chance he's going anywhere else. I think he's just maybe shopping around and making sure he's got a market. He's also visited the Giants today, Liam. So, but, you know, of course, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers spoke really nicely about him and said, you know, you, you see players in the league, you always want to play with them. Of course, he could do with him. 
Um, there's a few teams in the league that could do with an OBJ at the moment, but uh, for me, he, he, he seems like a Rams player and I think he'll be helping the Rams get into the playoffs because they need some help. Is he going to be the same OBJ? He's been injured for a long time. He's had a lot of injuries. Uh, personally, I hope the Packers do sign him to a really, really good contract that's really good for Odell Beckham <laughs> Jr. And uh, he gets injured um, and, and, um, and guaranteed money. Yeah, that, 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 that would be my preference. I just, I, I would just like to see a swan song for OBJ, I think, in the league. I think he has been... Such a draw I don't mind that. So just long. not of the Packers. Okay. I mean, he's, he got a Super Bowl <laughs> ring last time he played. I mean, yeah. as far as swung songs go, he's not done bad. But there's another. Mm. Pay, he'll get another payday because somebody will give him a chance because he came back 100%. from the, an injury last time and after sort of ten ten, ten games or so, he, he did look like the real deal again. And um, when he went out, he he got the Rams to the Super Bowl. Let's not let's make any words about it. And he did. They really yeah. missed him when he went out in that game. Um, yeah. So he he'll have a market. I think he's just making sure he's got a market. Um, over the next few weeks. Uh, if you've got anything you'd like to hear us talk about here on Otter Punts, please get in touch via the socials. We're available for you uh, on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, and we're on YouTube as well. So Instagram is at Utter Punts UK. Twitter is at Utter Punts Pod. And if you just search for Utter Punts on YouTube, you'll find us on there as well. There's your headlines done and dusted on Utter Punts for this week. <laughs> Right, look back time. Here's the roundup from last week's TV games. Let's start this week's roundup with Dolphins at Bengals, and it's two wins in five days for Joe Burrows and Cincinnati. His late two yard touchdown pass sealing a 27 15 win. However, the story of the game was watching Tua Tanga Vailoa being stretched off the field following a hit from Josh Tupo. This story is going to run and run, especially given there's plenty of people, including me, that don't think he should have suited up after last week. Next up, Vikings at Saints. When Justin Jefferson is in the game, the Vikings are a force. A 28-25 win wasn't exactly comfortable for the Vikings, but a win is a win. Jefferson's 10 receptions for 147 yards was sweet relief after not making more than 62 in the previous two games. Marshawn Lattimore's single coverage not enough to contain the Vikings' star wideout. Jags at Eagles next, and look, I'm going to say it, the Eagles are the team to beat this season. They rallied from 14-0 down to stay unbeaten. Any team that's made it to 4-0 in the last five seasons has made the playoffs, and it's not going to be any different here. Jalen Hurts leading the Eagles to 29 unanswered points, including a three-yard touchdown from the quarterback, followed by a Miles Sanders rushing touchdown and Kenny Gainwell from 10 yards, 29-21 the final scoreline. They're brilliant on both sides of the ball as well. Five takeaways and three sacks here from the Eagles setting up the win. Broncos at Raiders next, and the Raiders have finally got one in the W column, a 32-23 win at home against the Broncos. The Raiders won the battle in the trenches. That gave them the platform to outscore Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Josh Jacobs with 144 yards from 28 carries and two touchdowns, the standout performer for the Raiders. All in all, I thought we had a hat and a hat. You know, usually when we get him a full head of steam and an opportunity to hit the line of scrimmage without somebody at his legs, just inertia takes over, you know, and, and he makes yards. So getting him started, getting him going early in the game, I think was a big focus for us. And, um, you know, I thought he, he carried that through to the end. 
Chiefs at Bucks next, and we thought this one was going to be tight, but the Chiefs were more than a match for Brady's Bucks in a 41-31 win. Everyone was pitching this as the battle of the quarterbacks, but the Chiefs' offense as a package is almost unstoppable. If I was to name everyone that played well in the Chiefs' O-line, we'd be here until Christmas. So instead, let's just credit Andy Reid's creativity and offense and leave it at that. Here's Patrick Mahomes. That was a great football. That's a great football team. I mean, that's a great defense, a great team, but led by the best quarterback of all time. Um, and so to come to their house um, and find a way to score some points and find a way to win, um, I mean, get you kind of hopefully get you kickstarted into the rest of this year. Oh, Jimmy G, heart eyes emoji. He marshaled that offense brilliantly. But let's be completely frank, that Debo Samuel catch and run was otherworldly. Maybe that was the reason for the 24-9 win here. They have an incredible defense and they've also got a Debo. One other miracle from this game is that Matthew Stafford came out of it with just two turnovers. He was monstered by the 49ers throughout. Right, that's all of that rounded up for us. Now, normally, uh, we don't spend too long on fantasy, but I think we've probably got a reason to celebrate, haven't we? I think we can all talk about fantasy this week. Ding even dong, those of us that lost, even those of us that lost, Dan, yeah. uh, we can still all celebrate because, Kino, what happened? I beat Bell because he was... Yes! <laughs> He's beating producer Bell! Come on! I would like to say that I did tip Dave at the start of the fantasy league. That would, that's my only claim. I'm, I'm just backing Dave now. Dave and Lamar all the way. Uh, yeah. I had a good week, actually. Thanks, Didn't do too badly at all. Dan Dan had a bit I of a... I don't even know who I played. Did I, did I play, did I play you? Yeah. You had a bit of a mixed week. You've, I mean, you've had a poor start, haven't you, Dan? I've got no players left. I've, right. I've literally lost... I've lost five players from my finishing draft. It's unbelievable. And you, you want 0-4? Yeah. yeah. Um, look, again, same thing. Use the waivers... Use the waivers to your benefit. Make sure you use the uh, injured re re reserve spaces if you need to use the injured reserve spaces. And if you'd like some bespoke fantasy advice, you can contact either me or Dave <laughs> via at Utter Ponce Pod. Um, uh, my dog is even fully in agreement with me downstairs. He's like, yeah, definitely don't speak to my uncle, Dan. That's uh, that's definitely not the way to go. Uh, look, let's handbrake, shall we, into game previews. And again, we've, we've got into this relatively quickly this week because there are six games to get through again, including a TV game that isn't on Sky. So this is a real opportunity. We'll talk about Giants at Packers in a minute. It's a real opportunity for you to introduce the NFL to people that maybe haven't seen an awful lot of it before. It's available for you in the UK on free-to-air TV on ITV. So we'll talk about Giants at Packers in just a second. Thursday night, though, is Colts Broncos. And don't we love talking about Russell Wilson? Uh, no. No, we do not. Let's ride. Uh, Russell Wills. Is he on the way? Seriously, though, genuine question, Colts Broncos. Is he on the way back to performing at the level that we know that he can? Last week, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 237 yards. Is he pushing his way back to his kind of level? No. Um <laughs> You know the, the Raiders' defense is, is is a problem. When you when you've when you've watched him in, here's a stat for you, Russell Wilson. Okay, so the Seahawks got rid of him and they replaced Geno Smith, and everyone mocked them and said, "What are you doing?" 
Geno Smith could throw his next 34 passes into the floor and he would still have a better Q quarterback rating than Russell Wilson this season. That's how bad Russell Wilson's what? been. I mean, would that start again? So if Geno Smith took the next 34 balls and threw them all just into the dirt, incomplete, he would still have a better quarterback rating than Russell Wilson this season. That is That's how bad Russell Wilson's been. Yeah, but if, even Geno truly playing pretty much at an MVP level. <laughs> just yeah, so should there. Russell Wilson, he has, shouldn't he? Isn't he, that he, the point? He, he, he has been pretty much perfect like in terms of um, his efficiency. Uh, how, how many wasn't very good against show? the 49ers. No, that's Not many, true. But I just, I'm just saying, isn't that what you'd expect from Russell Wilson, giving him a quarter of a billion con- dollar contract? better than Stafford, and What we're saying though, is... Right? is, is, is yeah, Stafford's got one arm. I think we'll come to him in a bit. We'll come to him because they'll come to the one arm bandit shortly. Um, no, for me, I think the, the the Broncos are really struggling. They're not. They don't look cohesive. I think it's taking Hackett a little bit, a little bit longer than he would have hoped to sort of get the ball rolling. And they have been. They had an awful weekend with with injuries, so they've lost Javante Williams there sort of the second year running back who looks, I mean, to be fair, before the injury, he looked as good as young running back as there was in the league. Um, and their backup to him, Melvin Gordon, they actually benched in the game. They took him out of the game because of his fumbling issues. Um, so they've gone to have to play him. The, the guy they brought in then to replace them was Mike Boone and he dropped a wide open pass. They are, they then lost Ball an offensive team. lineman in the game as well. Yeah. Um, Jerry Judy still doesn't look 100% fit. They, 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 they had a bad weekend, the, the Broncos, and they're, they're really beaten up. Um, I, but the Colts are awful. Terrible. Um, the Colts <laughs> yeah, have only played well once, and it was just to do our heading on the train back the first week. I mean, I, how the hell did they beat the Chiefs? I, although there was a moment, wasn't there, over the weekend where we'd started texting each other going, the Colts are doing <laughs> it again. They're doing it again. Why, doing it earth, again. why earth did we put the Colts in again? Um, from a technical point of view, I guess the, there's a couple of questions. Can the Colts' secondary cope with Cortland Sutton, who has, who's been playing pretty well for the Broncos? And the second question is, the Colts have been absolutely shocking with the ball in the air. Is there any chance that they're going to get their pass rush going against the Broncos, against Russell Wilson? I, I'm struggling to see it. Jonathan Taylor's banged up. He's not trained all week, so he, he might be he's out. Not so you, you know, he's not playing. He's out. He's, 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 he's definitely out. So... You know, ten days ago that you'd have said, Well, this is a this is a classic matchup of really two good running games or teams that want to be running games. They haven't gotten. Um and through the air, the Colts have relied on Moali Cox last week. I mean he, he scored two of the touchdowns last week. Um I, I'm I'm really struggling to see anything good about the Colts other than they're in a really bad division. Um, and you would hope they'd yeah, you'd hope they'd warm it up. But for me, other than Matt Rule, Frank Reich is probably the most under fire head coach in the in the in the league. Um they're under real pressure, and this game's in Denver, which makes it really tough. They 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 give they roughed up the 49ers there a couple of weeks ago, if you remember. Altitude, um, it's horrible. Either, yeah, it is, and, and but they just make scrappy games. The Broncos, we, we've said it before, they just want it nice and tight and nice and scrappy. And the, I don't think the Colts have got the patience to stay in that game. For me, it, from from a betting point of view, it's awful because you don't really neither of them should win. I mean, if they could both lose, they probably would. Um, so I've just looked at a bet build, and it's quite a nice one. It's over three field goals. So at least four field goals or more, um, over five punts in the game, um, and under six touchdowns in the game. He's nine to four um, on a sport bet builder, and that's probably a bet I think because I yeah. think this is going to be scrappy as hell. Um, look, I don't want to spend masses of time on it because it's potentially the worst game that we're going to talk about. So um, let's just go around picks. Dan, Denver, close. Dave, same. 
Denver close. I think I'm going to have to go Denver as well, but only because they're at home. Otherwise, I think I might pick the Colts. But definitely not in the train, let me assure you. Yeah, no, that's no. A, that's very wise. Uh, right, on to, on to Giants-Packers. Um, this is the ITV games being played in London. It's at... Um, in in the UK this week, and I think this is a really really great game to be put on terrestrial TV because you're going to see what it's all about here. The the Giants are on a on a run of three and one, which is probably undeserved, but yet they're still three and one. Um, Rogers is just about finding his way f- through that offense which has been sticky for him hasn't really got a first choice um number one option in terms of wide receiver so that's going to be really interesting to see how they get on um the 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 green bay o-line has been absolutely monstrous and the giants d-line has been absolutely terrible so um let's just see which way this is going dave what do you reckon to the game so i have my concerns uh regarding the Packers' ability to actually beat you guys over the weekend. Um, interestingly <laughs> enough, I, th- I think it, I, th- I think it, I think it's um, quite similar to the Titans in terms of the fact that the strengths of your defense match up quite nicely against the strengths of their off- offense. Where effectively, I think you are able to stop their run game if that happens, and you know that it's going to go into the passing game. I can see Rogers having to dink and dunk it against you. You've been able to to generate some big plays, particularly in the run game. Uh, if Daniel Jones is able to play, or Tyra Taylor is able to play, then um, you've got every chance, I think. So, yeah, I mean, the the Packers are going into it heavy favourites, but I, I can I can see the Giants actually keeping the score down and, and playing them very close, and it could go either way. I love yeah. you, but I, I think you're wrong. I think the I think the Giants, I think Dave's right in in many points there. I think the the Giants defense will will make it tight. And these games aren't. I mean, last week I think we saw a, a bit of a classic in London games. That was an absolute belter. But it was a belter because it was a bit messy, right? It wasn't the the perfect game. But they added enough good offensive players on the field to make it high score. This could be a bit turgid. This has got sort of thirteen ten to me written all over it. The 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 key to this, I think, Tyro Taylor's out. Concussion protocol. He won't play. He, I don't think he's even travelled. Um, oh, really? So they're okay. gonna play Daniel Jones. Yeah, they're gonna play Daniel Jones, but he's he's got an ankle injury now. The one thing Jones has, and the one thing they've used Jones for this year, is 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 a mobile quarterback. He he's got some wheels on him, Daniel Jones. Other than when he trips himself up, he's he has got some wheels on him. He's not going to be able to move that well, and I think the Green Bay defense will be able to keep it quite one dimensional. So if they can control Saquon which is going to be tough, but if they're only focused on Saquon because the Giants have got no wide receivers, Kadarius Tony's out, Wondell Robinson's out, Sterling Shepard's out, Kenny Golladay's, I mean, he's doing an Alan Robinson impression, isn't he? He's awful. <laughs> so who are they going to throw the ball to? So they're going to make it one-dimensional, the Packers, and I think that does just, the Packers will play their run game, and like like we said in week one, the Packers just want to run the ball on you now. They, they don't really want to throw it. I don't think they're going to have to. I think it's going to be very low scoring, but the Packers ultimately 
have got enough talent to to to, to have the game winning drive. That being said, the Giants haven't picked up an interception all season. So if he did decide to to spray the ball about a bit, they, I mean the Giants have got no chance of catching it. So you've got might Wink, as well just Wink, go for it. Wink Martindale's not a he's not a sort of secondary coach, he, he, but he's a he's a great blitzer. He's a great sort of creator creator of blitzers, and he's made you really interesting to watch on defense for the past for, for this season so far. And, and it's done it's worked really well. The problem with Wink is that he gives up big plays. And the problem with Wink is that the secondary isn't really a ball hawking secondary, so you're probably not going to get many interceptions. What you will get is quarterback pressure. The problem is, if that's your strength, you're going against the Green Bay strength, which is their O line. So it, it, it's, they're going to mitigate each other, which, which means strength, the only thing that's going to happen is it's going to be a low scoring game. They are only now coming back from injury, and then that, that can have an impact. Yeah. And then the travel. I mean, yeah. that, uh, interestingly enough, the Vikings broke uh, one of the weekend when they travelled on the first day. Do you know any of the travel arrangements yeah. for the Giants and the Packers? Have they both gone over at the same time? or They're both here today, so they've both come at the same time. But I think it's because they played a bit later. Um, I think what they normally do is you either, have, you either have the longer week before, so you play on the Thursday to then travel, which is what the, um, or the Saints played early on the Sunday to travel over, or you have your mini by the week after, or you buy it the week after to travel back. Um, but I think these two teams have arrived at the same time. So I don't think there's any distinct advantage there, other than it will tire them both out, which again just adds to a, a low-scoring game. I, mm-hmm. I, I think there is the potential. I mean, I keep making these predictions and pretty much every single one of them went wrong last week. So I'm going to continue with this and say, I reckon there's there's a potential for a blowout here. I think if one of the teams... If one of the teams get on top, I think if uh, specifically the Packers, I think if if Aaron Rodgers can get himself going, I think this could be a very one-sided affair. Uh, right, let's make picks, Dan. I, I think the bookies want you to think that. So the line's quite high. Um, I, I would go Packers win and under fifty-one points, which seems astronomically high. Um, astronomically high. I, I would go Packers win under fifty-one points. Dave. Huh, I can see a way where you're going to make it close. Um, do I think that's going to happen? The likelihood says no. I'll go with the Packers, but I'd, I'd love it if, if, if the Giants found a way of eking something out. I, I can see a route. And it's really important for me to point out that I can never bet for my own team because every time I do, something goes horrendously wrong. So I'm going Packers too. Uh, right, next game. I think this might be the game that I'm most looking forward to this weekend, and that's Dolphins at Jets. And it's because I think the Dolphins, you just don't really know what you're going to get for them with no tour in the side. So Teddy Bridgewater, 193 yards last week, did pretty well with that. But he also threw an interception with a 90 rating. It's the two sides of Teddy Bridgewater, isn't it? I'm going to let Dave talk about it. I'm going to give Dave the floor and have his five minutes talking about Teddy. If you can make it two and a half, that'd be Andy. We've got loads more previews to get through. Uh, I can get through. The love affair that never was. Uh, He was. He just didn't know about it, my friend. No, I I, I love Teddy. I I, I think Teddy's brilliant. Uh, Possibly one one of the uh, 10 best human beings to ever walk the planet. I I told you I was going to give him some love, mate. Um, he, He basically was... The reason I was happy to be a Vikings fan, not because he was a great quarterback, I, I wouldn't ever go down that route, but he was a great leader. Um, and he basically did a job that it turned out nobody else could do because I'm pretty sure that him leaving was the end of Mike Zimmer because nobody else could bind, bind the locker room to Zimmer. 
and that was why Mike loved Teddy. Um, <laughs> so it, it's it's one of those where I hope it sees you a moment with a, a brilliant offensive coordinator who genuinely thinks things through with a, a, a wonderful set of wide receivers and uh, takes advantage of it to give himself a little bit of a, a career resurgence. I would be delighted. I think it's a good spot for them, uh, you know. Uh, although it's in although it's in New Jersey, I think it's a good spot for the Dolphins after losing to the Bengals. But I think that we 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 said that was a really short week for them after a really long tough game against the Bills on the Sunday. So, forgiving them that, that the the Dolphins are a much better team, aren't they? Uh, and they've got much more. They're much more dangerous. That the Jets are forever in my heart. I, I like the Jets. Um, I mean, this year they do themselves no harm. They beat the other team in Ohio in the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're the two wins this year, so that's always good for me. But the two wins have been, you know, have been not fortunate, but certainly you wouldn't not not games you'd normally expect them to win. The one minute fifty five two touchdowns and the comeback against the Steelers who who just imploded because they couldn't generate any offense. The Jets aren't really a good team yet, although I, they are fun to watch at least. They're not they're not a complete shambles and they've got some firepower. Their D needs to show up though, like it did last week. Like we started to see that D from the Jets coming to its own last week, but it, yeah. they have to turn up this week, otherwise they're going to get absolutely mullered. Yeah, and, and they've showed flashes of it, but they've been out of the game when they have. So Sauce Gardner's played really well, but and, the, the, and they've got some good safeties there, some good young safeties that they rotate in, so that they, they're always quite fresh, but they can't seem to generate any sort of pass rush. Um, and I think Teddy will have time, and if you give him time with with the weapons he's got, Waddle and Hill, who've both had an extra, uh, extra day's rest, McKissicki, the run game, I think, will cause the Jets a load of problems this week. I think Moster and, and Chase Edmonds will have really big weeks. The, the, the Dolphins are only four to six to win this game outright, um, wow. which I think is a, a little bit disrespectful because I don't think the Jets are there yet, although I, I, they are fun and it is a divisional game. But for me, it's, it's a Dolphins win quite comfortably, I think. Dave? I'm, I'm going to side with Teddy. I'll, I'll follow him into battle. <laughs> and I I can't look past... I can't look past... What a bromance this is, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't look past the, the Dolphins just because I think even if it went to a straight shootout, the Jets just haven't got enough to compete with what Teddy's got in front of him. So I've, well, I'm, I'm going to go Dolphins. They, and sorry, just to judge, they may have. You know, we, we saw flashes from Zach Wilson last week for the first time, and he may become that sort of player that gives him the X Factor. But until we really see it, we can't have any faith in it. Um, I hope the potential is right because I I think he could be a fantastic player to watch down in, in the in the years to come. But uh, until I see it, I, I can't I can't say it's going to happen. Uh, right, Cowboys at Rams is the next stop on our whistle stop tour of the TV games. Uh, right, this is a going to sound like a really stupid question, and if it is a stupid question, please tell me it's a stupid question. Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott? If Dak's fit. <laughs> Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott? Bearing in mind that Cooper Rush posted a 107 rating last week. Dak. Dak Prescott. He can do more. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying the Cooper Rush thing. I think it's, even Cooper Rush should say that at this moment yeah, in time. Yeah. It's a great story. But Jerry, Jerry don't try and talk yourself into paying two quarterbacks more than they should be getting on the market. It's craziness. Like He will persuade that. And basically Cooper Rush is the next coming of like Joe Marino or whatever and if he does then they're going to want him to stay around and like he's he for me I think what it shows is that best backups in the league outside of Teddy (laughs) 
yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, for me, it just shows the value of having a, a, a backup quarterback and a plan B because he's kept them he's kept them relevant. I mean, I, I, the Eagles are in that division and we, we, we fancied the Eagles and they're, they're playing really well and it'll be hard for the Cowboys to overcome the Eagles, I think, and they play each other next week. But that NFC is a mess and, and some of these other teams that we expected to be, you know, the Bucks and, and the Rams and the 49ers and, and the Packers even, they're, they're all they're all struggling having their, te- their teething troubles. And what Cooper Rush has done, he's helped the team stay in, in a relevant position for Dak to take his time to come back and not be rushed. And when he does, they should be better. Um, they've certainly fixed some of the problems on the O-line. So they're, they're a relevant team, the Cowboys. And, and the the line on this is, on this game is, I think, absurd. I... Um, the Rams are such heavy favourites. Um, and from what I saw yesterday, I, I don't really understand why. Um, because the, the the Rams have looked good as a flat-trap bully. They, they've scored points against the bad Cardinals defence and, and and looked good there. But they played the Bills and got overran at the front. The, the Bills' front seven destroyed them in that, first, in that opening game. <laughs> Last night, we saw the 49ers do exactly the same to them. And... You know, if you're going to talk the best three or four front sevens in the league, you're going to have to put the Cowboys in that, and they've got them now. This is a massive, massively bad matchup for the Rams on, on Monday Night Football. Tell me about Stafford's arm, Dan. I, I think he's goosed. I, 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 he's clearly playing through an injury. He didn't train through through the off-season. He had an elbow injury. They said it's similar to a baseball-type injury, so a slinger's injury, really. Well, I, he's not throwing the ball downfield. He's not even trying to find Alan Robinson downfield, and that's why they brought Alan Robinson in. Now, I know that there was a lot of talk on the commentary that they're missing Van Jefferson, and who was the deep threat, but Robinson can do that role, and he's not doing it. He's not doing it because he's not throwing the ball to him. The Rams' offense is based purely on a five-yard pass to Cooper, Cooper Cup, and let's hope he makes a play out of it. Um, the 49ers snuffed that out pretty quickly last night, and it was I think, I think Cooper Cup was targeted 19 times. 19 times and and Taylor Higby was targeted 12 times and after that it was single fit it was it was like ones and twos that they're, they're too reliant and they're too one dimensional their run game can't get going because there's no there's no offensive line he was playing last night Stafford with three plays in front of him that I think were new to the team they'd not trained together they've only got a week to fix it McVeigh's brilliant he's one of the best coaches in the league it's gonna but it's gonna take him more time than this this is a short week for them to figure this out and the, the Cowboys are dangerous up front they're really nasty and this is this has got upset Super written all over hangover. it. Super Bowl hangover. It seems to be a, a real thing for most teams. They're just mm. not as good as they were, you know. You, you you say that, but they've lost Andrew Whitworth on on that on that line. And although yes, he was a little bit older, and his rating dropped a little bit last year. That experience on that line helps, especially when there's changes that come in. But last night they moved. They played with three different centres. There's a lot going on. Is that it? Is there a bit of a problem here, given that if he is playing one-armed and yet he's still getting in ahead of Walford and Perkins, who are QB2 and QB3 at the Rams, that's not a great sort of ringing endorsement of your depth, is it? Just, just to point it out quickly. They're, they're not, they're not a team with depth. Backs, Danny, you yeah. want to learn that fact. Yeah, but if the one that you actually <laughs> use is knackered, and Patrick Mahomes can use both arms. <laughs> what he said, Dave. <laughs> Bet Teddy can play with two arms. T- t- Teddy can t- play with no arms. Teddy two gloves. Yeah. gloves. 
<laughs> well, it's player. interesting you say. I mean, Stafford, if he is hurt, but if they don't play him and he has to go for surgery, he's out for that's him done. Like he's out for the season. And, you know, you're not going to, they're a team that needs to win now. And I think McVeigh is, I said it, he's brilliant. He, he's one of the best offensive minds and creative minds in the game. You, there are times when you just ask a bit too much of somebody in, in too short a time. I think the Rams will figure it out. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be a good, good contender come the end of the season. But right now, they are vulnerable. They're really vulnerable against a good team. And the Cowboys are a good team up front. I am um, very much, you know, those that have been listening to the podcast know that I'm a, a, a fan of a good defensive player. I'm really looking forward to CD Lamb against Jalen Ramsey in this one. I just, if Ramsey can get close, that's got monstrous battle written all over it. I know Debo got away with him uh, from him last week, but he, it wasn't one-on-one coverage through the game. He was all over the, the secondary, and I just hope that we can get a proper running battle going between the two. Well, you've got both sides, haven't you? You've yeah. got you've got you know him versus on 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 CD Lamb and, and Ramsey on one side. You've got um, Diggs and and Cooper Cup on the other side. Um, so it's a good great it's a good game. What, what I would say is that the Cowboys have only allowed one touchdown per game in the last four weeks, so they they don't give much away, and they only conceded nineteen to the Bucks in the opening weekend. And the Rams, if you take out the Rams' defense, has been playing well, right? So if you take out the the pick six and the the unworldly Debo play from last night, they only they only conceded ten points against the Forty ers Their problem isn't stopping points; their problem is scoring them. This is going to be this is going to be another low scoring game, and the line is fifty five. Mm. I, I I I think you've missed out the key battle in the whole thing. You've got a career undefeated quarterback who's won every game going up against the best defensive player of all time. Will will if Cooper nice. Rush beats Aaron Donald, will that will that tarnish Aaron Donald's legacy? Or will it just turn Cooper Rush into potentially the next coming of Tom Brady yeah, in the I, eyes I mean, of Jerry Jones? I, I think we're all aware that Dak Prescott's playing this one. He's already said that he's fit and ready to go. Whether the medics agree with him or not, I have a funny feeling. Well, that Dak I, I, I've seen it being questioned. I have seen it being questioned. I'm only 50 fit. I'd only be 50 50 on that because of the flight as well. It's a, it's a long track mm. over for them. So, All right, we will wait and see. Um, right, picks, please, boys. Cowboys or Rams? Dave Keane? I'm, I'm very tempted to go with the Cowboys, but it is Cooper Rush versus Aaron Donald. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with the Rams. Yeah, I'm going to go Rams, Dan. I, th- I think the Rams will win, right? Uh, they should win. Uh, Here oh. comes the butt. But. Uh, the bet, the bet for me, and I've looked at it on on again, eight eight sport bet builder. You can get eight point Cowboys plus eight point five points, and under fifty one points in the game is is just over two to one. And for me, that's, that's a good bet. makes far too much sense. Makes far too much sense. Uh, right, let's move on quickly because I'm, I'm aware that time is is absolutely flashing past. Bengals at Ravens. Right, I've got a question for you, Dan. It's a really important question. Are the Ravens going to ignore the analysts and kick the field goals this week? The analysts are right. Uh, and <laughs> it, it, the, the call was... The, 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 to go for the fourth down was the right decision. Let's, let's make no bones about it. it well, it wasn't, was it? It, it was. The, the, the play call was awful. To, to have Lamar do a straight drop back on the goal line is, is a terrible decision, especially when you've got no Rashad Bateman in there. The play call was terrible, and surely that there must be a better offensive play when you've got two good running backs in Dobbins and Hill and Lamar, and Mark Andrews on the field. Surely you can come up with something a bit more creative than four-step drop and try and throw it into the corner. 
But if if the Ravens kick the field goal there, the Bills have got two and a half minutes to go 30 yards, and the Ravens' defense has been gash, uh, trying to stop people doing that. And you, what you, what you look at is that the Bills would have four downs on every one of those plays, so that they they were never going to punt the ball. So it's fourth down territory, and they've only got to get 40 yards to kick the field goal back. So to try and win the game, it was the right call. It was just a bad play call, and it didn't go their way. No, it really, but that's how they play. It really didn't. Um, Ravens corners against Bengals wide receivers is what I've got down here. What do we think, Dave? Jamar Chase is probably going to be a, a very useful fantasy player to have this weekend. Um, for, for for me, it, it's it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. I, I know that both defenses, well, the Bengals have been poor in certain games. The Ravens haven't been living up to to what you want to see from them. They can either both clamp down on it or we can see what I'm hoping should be the best game of the weekend in terms of the scoreline. It's a divisional game. Both teams know each other well. It'll be hard for for. Um and yeah, uh, it, it it's something where I I hope I get to see Lamar versus uh Burrow for many a year to come because uh it'll be a fun one. It's a big, big chance here for Marlon Humphrey to to step on Jamar Chase and, and keep him quiet, isn't it? Yeah, you look back at the the Dolphins meltdown that the Ravens had. Malin Humphrey wasn't on the field for those for those last sort of five or six minutes, and, and they they do miss him. He is he's undoubtedly one of the top five cornerbacks in the league, and he probably goes a little bit unnoticed because he's part of a Ravens defense. But he's um he's a stellar player, but he needs help. You know, Marcus Peters still looked a bit rusty last week, although he is back and another game under his belt. He should be better. The Ravens invested heavily in the um heavily in the secondary in, in the offseason. Marcus Williams. Uh, and Kyle Hamilton coming in as a, as a rookie and he started making plays. So they are set up to stop a team like the Bengals. But the problem the Ravens have had is they, they've almost played to their own weakness in that they, they've got no pass rush at all. or They haven't had. J- Jason Pierre-Paul started last week, looks like he needs a few games, but he at least freed up Jason Owe to, to make a bit of an impact on, on Josh Allen. And, and we did get to him a couple of times. The problem is the Ravens are shooting out to Leeds, which is forcing teams to go all-out attack on them. And that's what their big weakness is, is that when teams go bomb or bombs away, the Ravens can't create enough of a pass rush to stop them doing it. And so how are they going to stop the Bengals? Um, this is this The only way the Ravens win this game is by scoring 40 points. And I think they can score 40 points, which is going to be an exciting thing to watch. Um, and at some point, the Ravens' defence will make plays because it's the Ravens' defence and they always do. Um, this is a I agree, I agree Ravens, with that, yeah. Dan. The, 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 the Ravens' defence do turn, tend to turn up. But I am worried about the players who are coming back from injury and the lack of experience other than a, a, a safety with Kyle Hamilton. Um, he Physically, he's brilliant. He's just taking time to adjust to the game, I think, at this level. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think you need to score around 40 points. Uh, we've spoken a lot about the, the Ravens. I'm going to ask one more question that's probably more about the Ravens than it is about the Bengals. But we, I think we're all fans of Joe Burrow in, in some way, shape or form. But we have proven, we have seen that if you pressure him, if you hurry him up, he is liable to cause mistakes and make mistakes and there are problems for the Bengals when that happens. I think, I think Dan mentioned the fact that the Ravens haven't really been getting home in terms of a pass rush. Um, they should get some pressures, but also I think the Bengals O-line and, and Burrow started playing better as a unit over the last week or two. 
um, and he started sitting in the areas where they're able to protect. It, it's going to be a great game. Like genuinely, I think if you're going to if you're going to make sure that you watch any game this weekend, it's this one. Uh, Bengals are on the way back, but I don't think they've got enough to beat the Ravens. Ravens for the win for me. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the Ravens should be able to make the Bengals one-dimensional and take away their run game at least, and that will at least give them a chance to tee off. I, I think Ravens just but high, very high. It'll be a, it'll be a conflict game towards the end, but I think the Ravens need a win and they will do. Dave, I, th- I think the Ravens have not been um, holding on to games at the end lately, and I think that, that Joe Burrow will actually come up good for the Bengals. Bengals. Uh, Wow, um, I think that's the first think, one that we've been split on, isn't it? No, I'd, I, I would probably veer to Dave here and say that the bet really then is is the Bengals plus seven and a half points because I think they'll be within that because even if the Ravens are ahead, the Bengals will come back and make it close, right? So oh, even if the Ravens man, yeah. win, if the Ravens win, they'll be hanging on um, because they'll establish the run early and they'll try and run the run the ball out the out the game. So I would go Ravens seven and a half points and over. Sorry, Bengals plus seven and a half points and over forty nine points in the game. That gives you just over even money, but I think that's probably our would be our advice, would it? We think high scoring, but rate and Bengals close. I think that's a perfect summary again, Dan. You're getting good at this yeah. stuff, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> you two agreeing with each other is making me feel very, very uncomfortable. Um, Raiders against Chiefs is the Monday night football game. Look, pa- Patrick Mahomes last week went full backyard footballer. He went scrambling passing from all angles both hands under his legs round his back he was all over the place but my god what a quarterback he is he, he, absolutely astonishing to watch sometimes isn't he yeah he, he's he's a different he's a different human being to most people and he, he certainly doesn't look he doesn't look like a quarterback or really even move like a quarterback but he he plays the position in a way that nobody else ever has he is he is a a whole separate category i think in quarterbacks um from that point of view both these teams last week by far their best performances of the week yeah. of the season so far the raiders finally got the win on the board as we sort of predicted they would do against the against the much maligned broncos um and the the chiefs to be fair made made shorter work of that tampa bay defense which was you know outstanding up to that point and just couldn't deal with the with the with the balance that what the chiefs did was that for the first time was they ran the ball incredibly well so they yes, had, they had fought yeah. nearly nearly 40 minutes time of possession and they finally looked like a really balanced team. Now, if you get a balanced offense with the magic of Mahomes down in the red zone and a defense that will stop and make plays, you, you've got a, you, you've got a, you are a real contender and I, I, I can't see, although they couldn't be the Colts the week before, which is just not, she's sick, doesn't it? Um, but I can't see the Raiders keeping pace with the with the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Big difference, though, Dave, is that Travis Kelsey's back. He was back to top target last week as well. He's just got so many options, hasn't he, Mahomes? He, he does. And you could almost argue even when Hill was there, Kelsey was actually the number one target. Um, yeah. Hill, Hill did a spectacular job of, of taking the top off the defence and leaving the room for Kelsey. Um and I think they've, they've got different options to be able to do that now as well. The, the the thing with Mahomes is that he will destroy you if you are not making him think. If he can just react in the moment, he's different class. It's when, it's when you're showing him things that he's not seen before and he makes him pause, that's when you've got a chance. And I don't think the Raiders are equipped to do that. They've only got a It's prospect. interesting. I've said this for a long time. 
Whereas with other quarterbacks, you want to flush them out of the pocket. You want to make them uncomfortable. You actually want to keep Mahomes in the pocket and put pressure on him, at which point it becomes more difficult for him to escape. As soon as you flush him, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. It becomes so unpredictable that it becomes really, really difficult to defend. That would suggest blitzing from the Raiders, which they've not done at all this season. They've just not bothered. Essentially, they've got Max Crosby, who's a one-man wrecking crew, and other than that, it's uh, hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah, although I just think this is a bad matchup for the Raiders. I think they played well last week. They also built a game around a really good run game. So Josh Jacobs had the biggest game of his year um, and they looked really good running the ball and they really controlled the game against the Broncos. But in a shootout, they're not going to be able to do that. To keep up with the Chiefs, you can't you can't do that. You can't win the time possession against them because Mahomes won't, won't turn the ball over really, or very rarely. Um, and I don't think Derek Carr's got the um, they've got the gumption really to take it to them. So the Raiders will try and run the ball and and control the clock. And and the Chiefs, I think, will be quite happy to do that now and just and just keep the ball themselves. So I think the Raiders will be okay, even if they'll end up one and four. I, I think they'll end up one and four. I'd, I'd be surprised if they didn't. I still think they've got a chance because I think they're a good team. I just think this is a this is an awful matchup for them. I think it's straightforward for me. I think the Raiders played well last week. I don't think they've got enough to beat Mahomes and the Chiefs at Arrowhead. So, Chiefs. 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 <laughs> if, if we're wrong on this, then, then, then you know, we haven't we haven't put it in the train this week, have we? We should be okay, yeah? No. Yeah, we should be okay. No, okay. Chiefs. We could. We could. Don't trust the Chiefs. We could have them let in. us down once already. No. I'm not sure they get another chance quite as quickly. Let's put them in. Speaking of the train, <laughs> we have got it back on the tracks. We've righted it. Mm-hmm. It was lying on its side after week one, but it is back up. It's now departed the station. Uh, so well done for those of you that backed it. Um, no jingle. Where are we going? Where? No, no, no. We've, we've left it behind. It's never happening mm-hmm. again, ever. Yeah, um, right. Cool. What are we? What are we going with this week for? So we're going to we're going to carry on what we did last week. Really, we're going to look at individual team points. So rather than trying to pick um, match winners, although I am I was tempted to put the Dolphins in, but we haven't. Um, is is we've we've done the same thing again. We've looked at the teams we think will do will do really well against sort of really good matchups that they've got, um, and whether they win the game or not doesn't really matter now for the bet. So we, all they care about is how many points they'll score. So. Back into Skybet, back into home and away team points. So exactly what we did last week. Again, I'll put the picture of it on the on the Instagram so you can see it. But we've got Jacksonville playing at home against Houston. Wow. Um, so we've gone Jacksonville over 18 and a half points because uh, Houston are dog shit. The epitome of gash. Yeah, I think we can awful. call that. Yeah. Um, we've got the Bucks playing at home against Atlanta. Now, I, I really like Atlanta. I think they're really frisky. They're really fun to watch. But... If the Bucs can't score 19 and a half points against them, I'd be very, very, very surprised because Godwin, Julio Jones and Evans are all back. Um, oh. And that, they, they, they're due to give someone a pasting. I think it might I, be I the think, Falcons this I weekend. Think, um, I think Tom's had a tough week as well. So, uh, uh, yeah. you know, an angry Tom Brady's not somebody that you want to come up against, really. Yeah. So they're in there. We've gone for the Lions. Uh, they're on the road at New England, but we think New England are terrible. Uh, so, And the Lions have been scoring over 30 points every game. Um, and they'll certainly throw the ball out there if, if they are behind. Um, so they've got 15.5 points, so 16 points total. And then our, our old favourites, the Eagles, they're playing probably what I think is probably the worst defence in the league, which is the Cardinals. 
Um, they're on the road, but that'll be a high-scoring game, and we've got them to score 19.5 points as well. So those four now pay over even money. So our um, £8.91 that we won last week from our fiver now pays £19.6p should it come in, and we're getting close. If you need a recap of those, they are available for you on Instagram. So head to Insta, and it's at UK At UK. Dan will make sure that gets posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got any other questions and stuff during the week, then just give us a shout. We'd love to talk to you. And don't forget, we always want you to sort of share with a friend. So pass it on to somebody else that loves the NFL. Tell them how much you like the pod and hopefully that means that they'll really enjoy it as well. Uh, Oh, there we go. Two minute warning hooter has sounded. Uh, That means utter punts of the week nominations. Chaps, uh, who's going to go first? Dave? Yeah, I'll I'll kick us off. Uh, Antonio Brown is my nominee for the Autopunts of the Week, and it comes down to the fact that he decides to put a tweet out uh, showing a picture of himself hugging uh, Giselle, Tom Brady's wife, uh, just after the news broke that they might be going through a rough patch and possibly looking for a divorce. He shows a total lack of class. He shows a total lack of any kind of empathy for a human being who once took him into his home. Um, and yeah, he's my nominee for utter punt of the week. Uh, I am going to nominate Antonio Brown for utter punt of the week. And this is because um, of the the Dubai pool party video that I saw a little bit earlier this week, which <laughs> is just nothing short of cringy and disgusting and just next level punty behavior oh it really the worst kind of punty behavior we've ever come across just just put your swimming shorts back on and don't be a knob nobody wants to see it nobody wants you acting the fool so wind it in antonio brown dan well i'll join the party antonio brown played for the steelers paid for the patriots auto punt yeah <laughs> uh, walked out. The only player I can think of that walked out on a team that gave him a chance through the a fourth, fourth chance in the fourth quarter was it? Just fourth yeah, chance. chance. Yeah. Get I mean, in the you, bin. You, you, and when he froze his feet when he's played for the Raiders, froze his feet. And when on he hard played knocks. for the Ra- when the Raiders signed him and he froze his feet yeah. in the chamber yeah, yeah. and couldn't play. Cryogenic <laughs> chamber didn't put on the protective socks because he knew best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also because he wasn't allowed to wear the helmet. He was due to wear. I just yeah. do, do you know what legal, legal issues around the masseuses. NFL? Mike uh, Mayo actually recruited him, and he was my punt of the week first right, week. Just done by it. Recruit recruiters around the NFL. I don't care how gifted an athlete somebody is, if they show what Antonio Brown is currently showing, just don't bother. Just don't, Cor- just don't bother. Corrosive All doing, personality is the issue. Corrosive. Oh, yeah, just not worth it. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth your time or your effort. Absolutely shocking. Uh, so Antonio Brown, definitely utter punt of the week. Three nominations for him. That's 100%. all we've got time for this week. We will be back next week to review all of those games and look ahead to the TV games. Hopefully I'll still be alive. It's my stag do this weekend and these boys have planned something absolutely atrocious, I'm sure. Uh, so uh, yep. find out more tales of that when we're back on the podcast next week. Don't forget, like, subscribe, share with a friend. We're on YouTube. We're on Instagram. Uh, we are on Twitter. Just search for Utter Punts. Uh, Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. Dave, thank you very much. Pleasure. Pleasure.